So I've been really just masticating and, and ingesting and prayerfully digesting the word of God. Because you and I have been given such a treasure in the word of God. Do you realize what a treasure it is? Sometimes we talk about spiritual things, and I'm speaking of myself as well. I have an idea of it. I, I said in the last message, and, and I'll just say it here. I don't know where I said those things. I was just kind of going with the flow. But I remember studying many, many years ago, decades ago, and uh, this particular person was, was talking about uh, a blind person. He said a blind person, if you talk to a blind person long enough, you'll know that they have not seen what they're talking about. But they can describe things. And, but if you continue to talk, you'll say, ah, they have not seen. They're talking about what they were told. It is my fervent view that you and I have come and are coming. Now, that's biblical speak, right? You know, you know, have and already, you know. But we, are, we have come and are coming. That is, we have apprehended something in a measure, but we are apprehending it more fully, the things of God. And it is my view that we have talked about a lot of things of God, but have not fully uh, as it were, internalized these things. And as we began to internalize the truth of God, then we began to walk out truth. I, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. It's like uh, in sixth and seventh grade health, it's probably third grade health now, but in sixth and seventh grade health when I was a boy, uh, I remember they said, you are what you eat. Remember that, anybody old enough? You are what you eat. And they, they were always encouraging us to eat uh, healthy foods because you are what you eat. And it is the same spiritually. You and I are what we eat. We are what we eat. And I would like for us to have a, a balanced meal of Jesus Christ every day. You know, morning, noon, and night, and, when, and in between of Jesus. Now, I said those things to say that being born of God has done something that I know we have some mental understanding of it. And that is one level of learning. But I think, I think a deeper level of learning is to have this from the new heart, not the old heart. You see, I, I would say, and maybe... Uh, more educated theologians would say to me that uh, I'm wrong here, but I see the believer having, uh, as, as it were, two hearts. You have the old heart, that's Jeremiah's heart, that he described as desperately wicked and who could know it. That's a, that is who we were. But if you were to really look at the scripture and how God has worked things, it's like that old person is still like here. But that old person is not like this, but it's kind of like this. They are hanging on. And uh, the old per person is desperately wicked, has the heart, desperately wicked, who can know it. But the new humanity, the one who's been created in Christ Jesus, has a perfect heart. Has a perfect heart. You see, I cannot grasp, I cannot fathom any, to any degree that we could safely say we have been saved if we're, in fact, as bad as we've ever been. 
That would be actually a lie to say that I have been saved. How can I be swimming in the channel, drown, and somebody say, uh, no, no, he, he's, he's, he's alive, but I'm dead, the graveyard. It, so God has to have done something in the believer that has made the believer different than he was, she was before. Otherwise, you are not saved and you're still in your sins. That is salvation. I cannot be saved if I'm drowning in the channel. I cannot be saved if I'm still drowning. So I am saved from something to something. And that's what I see God doing with us as the believer. He is giving us articulation for what we have always known in the heart and tried to express it here in the mind. He is giving us understanding. And so being, that's how I am looking at being born of God. Being born of God is so magnificent that I am being, I am, as it were, being blown away every day at what it means to be born of God. I have known since my youth that I was a child of God because I was told I was a child of God. I was told by my mom and dad, whom I trusted. I was told by the pastors I had, whom I trusted, that I was a child of God. But these days, I am an experiential child of God. An experiential child of God. I am grasping what that is and what that means. And to, for me to be able, in a full-throated way, say, Jesus is my elder brother. That's a real jump for Don Lavelle because I'm not wanting to say those things. They seem so blasphemous because Jesus is way up there and I'm down here. But the thing is, we were both born of the same spirit. Same spirit. The same spirit that brought Jesus forth is the same spirit that gave us new birth. The Jesus, the word of God, the very Logos, the thoughts of God, everything of God. Jesus, who is the word of God, has now brought us forth as children of God. Boy, this is amazing. So I hope this doesn't bore you or, or bring any kind of confusion. I am saying we are not theoretical sons of God. And so let's look at this again. I'm going to read, read it through and I'm going to only pay partial attention to Pastor Jackson. First Peter, let's look at First Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to read it and try not to comment too much, because you promised you're going to go to the website and look at 830. Now listen, he eulogizes God. This is a eulogy. In other words, he's saying good things about God. And so Peter, as does Paul, says good things about God. And what it says is that those of us who are born of God must have good things to say about God. We must have good things to say about God. We must bless God. You don't bless God by saying so much bless God. You bless God by enumerating those amazing things that God has done. But blessed be God, blessed be God, all this amazing favor and love and affection and devotion be placed upon God. That's what we're saying. And when we live for God, I live for him. I die for him and in him. That's what it means. God, he is my breath. 
He is, he is everything that I am and everything that I hope to be when you talk like that about God in glowing terms. I don't know what I would do without the Lord, you know, those kinds of things. Then you, you bless God. You bless God. I, I would not be here were it not for God. I would not be alive. I would not be standing at this podium were it not for God, were it not for the love of God, Jesus Christ, who loved me, saw me in my sin, and came and rescued me, and I, and I didn't pay a thing for it. He paid it all. That's, that's how you talk about God, and you, you should be full-throated about him, full-throated about him. So let me read, let me read. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, so he's so amazingly merciful, has begotten us again. He says begotten us again. Not that you've had two spiritual births. You had a natural birth, and now you have a spiritual birth, so he has now begotten you again. The first begetting was a perishable begetting. Perishable seed brought us forth, but he begot us again. What, what do you say, Peter? To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, so he says he begot us. Now hold on to that because one truth does not negate another. One truth does not negate another. And so he says here, he brought us, uh, he, begot us be, he has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Two, so he, he brought us from something, begot us uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but to something, to an inheritance. What is the inheritance? Can you read it? What is that word? Incorruptible or imperishable. So the first, he is contrasting the first begetting to the last begetting. That is, the first one was corruptible, but now he has brought us to something that's incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Nobody can take your inheritance. Nobody, no, no. There's no mansion in heaven that's going to be empty. No, because you're going to be there. Because, because not only do we inherit God, he inherits every believer. God had one son, Jesus Christ, his only begotten. Now Jesus, he has billions of begotten sons. Wow. Listen, you who are kept by the power of God. Now, who are you kept by? The power of God. You are kept by the power of God. You are not kept by willpower, but the power of God. Being born again means that God now is responsible for my birth, and he is responsible for my life hereafter, forever and ever and ever. You are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So God is going to make this more fully known who you are. He's going to make it fully known who we are. And so don't ever look at it as though the things in this world are more important or equally as important as your salvation. The church, in many regards, the visible church, has been deceived into thinking that there are all of these important things and salvation is among them. Not so. Let's look at 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, 
not having been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the word, the word, the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so what he wants you to understand is that what brought you forth produced something that was corruptible and something that was perishable. But what, has, what God has now done has brought you into another sphere while you live into the, in the natural. He has brought you into a spiritual sphere where it is, a, it is Im, imperishable. It ab lives and abides forever. It remains forever. You've already started your journey. It's not like, well, and later on, I'm going to go to heaven. Later on, this eternal life is going to begin. It's already begun. And you and I need to lay hold of it. No, I am already living e eternal life. Why? Because Christ now lives in me by his spirit. And the Holy Spirit is within me now. He is within you right now. And so all these things, they're just distractions. Let them go and, and begin to enjoy the life that God has given to you. You have been brought forth through the word of God, which lives, which is alive, which abides, which remains alive forever. Wow. And John 3, 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he says in, in John 3, 5, I say to you, unless one is born of water in the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. So I want to say those things to you, is that what we're talking about, if you're not born again, you can't even see them. Yeah. You know, you, you, there's just no way in the world you can, you can understand anything I'm saying. Just go, I, I don't know, man, that makes no sense to me. Well, I was talking to somebody, and, and, and I'm pretty much done. Uh, I was talking to somebody, and I'll read a couple of scriptures, but I'm pretty much now. I was talking to somebody one day about uh, predestination, and I don't have any issue with predestination. And our people say, well, you must be a, a, a this or that. I don't, you can call me whatever you want to. I don't have any problem with predestination. I predestine myself all the time. I just can't bring it to pass. I, every time I buy a ticket to go somewhere, I predestine myself. And now we're going to say that God can't do it. But see, the difference between God and me is that God can bring it to pass. God, God predestined us to be sons through Jesus Christ. He has already done it. Amen. And the outcome is not uncertain. The outcome is not uncertain. What did the psalmist say? Something like, says something like this. He who keeps Israel will not, neither slumber nor sleep. He who does what keeps Israel. He never take, goes to sleep. Remember Elijah when he was with the prophets of, of Baal at the, at the brook? He said, hey, hey, man, where you, where's your God? Is he asleep? He laughed. Is he on vacation? <laughs> Why? Because he served a God who never took a vacation, never went to sleep, didn't, didn't ever get tired. And that's the one who keeps you. No one, not, no one has kept him or, or herself in the faith. You have not done it. You say, oh, I was obedient. Yes, you were obedient by the power of God. Amen. And you kept going because of, of who brought you forth. The word of God brought you forth. The spirit of God brought you forth. That's why you're an overcomer. You are now created. You were created in Christ Jesus, the great victor. That's, this is amazing salvation. This is amazing salvation. All right, let me read, and we're going to let you go. Just blame it on the children, by the way. 
One for those children. Okay, let me just read this. It's so, so beautiful, and I'm going to read it. First John chapter 4, for, uh, beginning at verse 4, he says these words. Now, I was listening to an old tape that I was preaching, and I would always stress the words. I would read scripture and just stress it, and I thought I'd really preach it. I just stressed it. I didn't have a lot of commentary. I stressed it. Yeah. And this is how I would do it. I think it's pretty good. You are of God. That's, that's what I would say. You are of God. So you're of God. They're the yours, you know, like from God, of God. From God, of God. Now, if you speak Spanish, you got to get that. They're the yours, right? Of God, that means from God. In English, it's kind of more nuanced little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, you are already in process, but the Bible says you have already overcome. Even though you're in process, it's like being in the ring with a 22-year-old Mike Tyson, and somebody says, you've already won, Don. It doesn't matter how many times he hits me, I've won. He says, you have overcome. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. All right? That's why you've already won, because of who is in you. You, ha you have the victor in you. Jesus lives in you. Where is Jesus? He's in you. So, but he's in heaven. Yes, he's there too. He lives in you by his spirit. And then he, and let's go to 7, verse 7. No, verse 6 says, again, he reiterates, we are of God. We are of God. He reiterates. Now, let's go to 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So if, I, if, you, if you are a loving person, I'm not talking about some of this human love, but if you really love, you can love your enemies. You can love people who hurt you, people who have denied you, people who walked away from you, maybe somebody who's stolen from you. Uh, somebody who's abused you in some way, and you still love them. That doesn't mean you just set yourself up to be abused again or be damaged again. No, but I still love them. I don't want them to go to hell. I remember many, many years ago, there was a guy who, who just I didn't care much for. Many, many, many years, decades ago, decades ago. And I, and I was praying to the Lord. I was telling the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I love the guy, but he says, no, you don't. I said, well, help me to. Help me to. And then, and then I realized that I can walk in love. Why? Because I have been born again. But that, that which brought me forth is love. For God is love. It doesn't say God has love. God is love. Brought us forth. We are born again from that seed, the word of God. We are born of the incorruptible. We are born... Of that which is imperishable. All right. So he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And John says, God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Now, John was speaking Differently, he brought his only begotten. Now, now scripture tells us very vividly, very clearly, that we are, Jesus is now not the only begotten. He is the first begotten of many brethren. We've both been brought forth in the same manner. 
I, I want to say that's not blasphemy. We were both brought forth in the same manner by the will of God. We were both brought forth in the same manner by the will of God. And Jesus is your literal brother, not your play brother. He's your brother. These things are so powerful, they should not be glibly talked about. They're too precious that you and I are now, because of God's generosity and the love of Jesus Christ, we are God's relatives. We're God's relatives. We're His children. Brought forth by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you, what you, how you, how you see that thing. All right. So let's go out of here with some understanding of what I shared in the first service, and you're going to promise me you're going to go and, and watch it. All right. So uh, thank you, brother James. We appreciate you and appreciate you everything that's happened today. Thank you, sister Ann, and uh, bless all of you. So I'll come back in just a second, and we'll just uh, have a dismissal. But, but in the meantime, I want you to ask yourself if you are born again. And if you can say, I'm not born again, I want you to accept Jesus into your heart today. I want you to do that. Can I just say this again? It's the craziest thing to be offered a full pardon. You're a criminal. And you're offered a full pardon. You say, I don't believe it. I don't lie. I don't want that. And then you spend a whole life time in bondage. It makes no sense. So I'm going to ask you to come to Jesus in just a minute. And we'll, we're not going to let you go more than just a couple of minutes. Okay? Thank you.